This is a Willits Point Shea Stadium bound 7 express train. The next and last stop is Willits Point Shea Stadium. Yes, it is the Subway to Shea podcast. Anthony Rivera here with you to discuss all the news and happenings surrounding that team from Queens, the New York Mets. You can follow the show on Twitter at Subway to Shea. Listen and subscribe to the show on Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Breaker, and Pocket Cast. Please take a few minutes to write a review. Let me know what you think of the show. What you like, what you don't like, gives me a good read on how I could make this show even better than it is right now. You can also now find Subway to Shea on YouTube. I've partnered up with my friends at the HSP Network, and you will be able to find Subway to Shea content on their page. Just search High Spot Podcast on YouTube or youtube.com slash High Spot Podcast and subscribe to their page to find content from this show. Episode 14 is here. And before I get started, I want to thank Glendon Rush for joining the show last week. It was great having him on, talking about the 2000 team, talking about the Mets rotation, possibly Joey Lucchese joining the rotation. It's a big possibility. But it was great talking with Glendon, and I'm sure that we will get him on the show again soon. So thank you, Glendon, for everything that you did coming on last week. Really appreciate it. And on to this week's show, we're going to talk more about the Mets pitching rotation because this past weekend, the Mets signed Tawan Walker, and he will be slotted in that fourth spot in the Mets rotation. He spent some time in Seattle, Arizona, and Toronto. Career stats for him, he was 35 and 34 with a 3.84 ERA and 528 strikeouts for his career. 2020's stats, well, he was 4 and 3 with a 2.70 ERA, 50 Ks in 53.1 innings pitched between Seattle and Toronto. So what does this mean for the Mets rotation going forward? Well, like I said before, he'll be slotted in in that number four spot behind DeGrom, Carrasco, and Stroman. We still don't know who will get that fifth spot. That will be up in the air for the time being. But this is kind of a good strategy for the Mets. It gives them leverage in case Noah Syndergaard or Marcus Stroman leave because they're going to be free agents next year. Chances are the Mets will only be able to go after one. If they're able to go after both, great. But if they're only able to go after one, they'll still have DeGrom, they'll still have Carrasco, and they'll have Peterson and Walker now, and also Lucchese. So the rotation is in better, how do I say, it looks better now for the future than it did maybe about a week ago. It was still strong rotation, but now the depth has gotten even better. And it looks like Walker's going to slot in great in that fourth spot. Gives time for Noah Syndergaard to come back from Tommy John, which will probably be in June or July. You'll have 
Stroman and Carrasco anchoring there in between uh, DeGrom. And there'll be a battle for their fifth spot to start the season, whether it's Peterson, Lucchese, or Jordan Yamamoto. So the Mets are looking pretty, pretty good rotation-wise. I'm going to say top three rotation in the National League for sure. Because you got the Dodgers and you got the Padres. Those are the two tops right now. The Braves are up there. I don't know if their rotation is better than the Mets. Overall, as a team, you know, they won the division. So they're the team to beat in the division. But rotation-wise, I think the Mets have the better rotation. Then you also got the Nationals. The Nationals are still there. So they also have a good rotation. What's important this year is something that lacked very much last season, and that is the need for the starters to go deep into games. We didn't get that last year. You had DeGrom at 68 innings pitched, second Rick Porcello with 59, but he was very unhelpful to this team. Then you had Peterson at third as a rookie with 49.2 innings pitched. Waka, also unhelpful, 34 innings pitched. Lugo, 36.2 innings pitched, but I put a little asterisk around him because he had to go from the bullpen to starting and just didn't work. Matt's only 30 innings pitched, and the Mets needed a lot from Matt's last year. He just didn't help. Gazelman, 14 innings pitched. So the Mets are going to have to go deep into games. Look at the two pitchers that they got this offseason. Carlos Carrasco would have slotted right next to DeGrom with 68 innings pitched, both of them. Then you got Walker, who would have came in third with 53.1 innings pitched. It's better than what the Porcellos and the Wakas of the world provided. And Matt's just wasn't there. Whether it was if he just had a really bad season, it got into his head, maybe he was injured, but we really got nothing from Steven Matz. So you slot Carrasco and Walker into that rotation last year with Peterson, and already you have four legitimate starters, and the Mets would have played a whole lot better than they did last year. So, going into 2021, with DeGrom, Carlos Carrasco, Taiwan Walker, a rejuvenated, re-energized Marcus Stroman, who didn't play last year, who sat out the season, Four right there, ready to go. If those four pitchers can give the Mets length, that will go a long way. One, it helps out the offense. So many times last year, the Mets were down by so many runs in games. And it was just hard to come back from. When you have Porcello and Waka and Mets giving up a three or four spot, sometimes even five spots, And the Mets had to try to come back in all of these games. And then on top of that, that taxes the bullpen because the bullpen has to come in early every game. You know, when you have Porcello and Waka not going deep into the games and then you're tiring out your bullpen, by the time you get to Jake DeGrom and he's pitching maybe a 1-0, 2-0 game and then the team blows it because they're tired. The bullpen was tired. It doesn't help that... You know, as well as Edwin Diaz did last year, he has had struggles going back to 2019. But Tanzas wasn't very helpful. Familia could not get it going. So if the Mets can get this rotation deep into games, it is only better for them. It's better for the bullpen and better for the offense. Maybe DeGrom will get some wins out of this. Maybe with the bullpen rested as they go into a DeGrom game, they can help him out if he's up one nothing and has to leave the game. So getting length out of these starting pitches is very important. Very, very important this offseason. Along with that, 
We need to see better defense behind the Mets. Now with Jeff McNeil moving to second, his natural position, you got Francisco Lindor at short. You're going to get a mixture of Pete Alonso and Dom Smith at first. Obviously, Dom Smith's also going to play left field. And then you have Nimmo in center, Conforto at right field. You got McCann behind the plate, and you got J.D. Davis at third. Can this defense play better? I sure hope so. Also, another thing the Mets are going to need to work on is base running. They got caught so many times off the bases. That's why I didn't score so much. That's why you look at their offense and you're saying, man, this is one of the best offenses in the league, tops in the rankings, but they weren't winning games because they couldn't run the bases well. Too many outs on the bases. I still remember that game in Toronto with Ahmed Rosario getting thrown out at first as the tying run. Can't have games like that. As talented as this team looks and can be on paper, they need to produce that on the field. I think with some infused energy by McCann, by Lindor, DeGrom being business all the time, Conforto's leadership, I think we have a team that's ready to roll. And if Luis Rojas can get through the kinks of last season, he could be a pretty decent manager. We all know the pedigree. We all know the family history. Can he get it done this year? That's what we're going to find out. Now, Jacob DeGrom had his first press conference of spring training, and one of the biggest takeaways I took from it was a question asked about his opt-out, which comes, I think, at the end of the 2022 season. Now, he hasn't thought about opting out at the moment. Obviously, he's still got two years to go till he gets there, but he liked the idea of being a Met for life. He liked how David Wright got his special send-off, which was very emotional. Emotional for him, emotional for the fans, I'm pretty sure emotional for his teammates. I was there. Besides being at the Mike Piazza send-off, this one was a little different because this was a homegrown player who spent his entire team with the Mets. And this is something that could happen with Jacob deGrom too. He came up through the system and he can end his career with the Mets. It's possible. So people need to stop assuming that he is mad because Bauer got offered more money. It's free agency. That's what's going to happen. The salaries rise every year. If Jacob deGrom was uncomfortable with the contract he was offered, he would have never signed it. He would have never signed it, and he would have went into free agency. But he was comfortable with the contract. So he signed it, and he's here. Jacob is such an interesting player to me. He's so serious and seems so focused and ready to go to pitch. A guy that everyone on that team should be looking up to if they don't already. He always seems focused on the prize. Personally, and for the team. He said it during the press conference. Personally, he wants to win another Cy Young. And for the team, he wants to win a World Series. And I hope Jacob deGrom gets it. I really do. Now, I've been a Mets fan since 1998. That's when I started watching baseball. And every... I want to say, I guess, decade or so, you get that one player where you're like, I hope they get to win the World Series with this team. When it first started out, it was Mike Piazza. Mike Piazza was my guy. He was my favorite player growing up. Then when the Mike Piazza era ended, it was David Wright. And David Wright's different, like I said. He was homegrown, came from the minor leagues, grew up with the Mets. And seeing that, wanting to see him win a World Series, you can imagine, not just me, but every Met fan wanted it. Look at what happened in 2015. I think I was more excited 
for him to get to that World Series in 2015 than anything. Because you don't get those shots too often. Look at that team in 2006. That team was probably one of the best all-around Mets teams that I've watched from 1998 till now. That team should have won the World Series. As they went into the playoffs, the pitching let them down, they got hurt, and they just couldn't get the job done. And then the collapses. And it went on for about nine years that David didn't go back to even the playoffs. And then he goes in 2015, hits the home run in the World Series. And you can just tell how happy people were for him. So through that era, wanting to see David Wright win the World Series. Now my guy is Jacob deGrom. I love watching him pitch every fifth day. I make sure that every fifth day I get to watch his game, no matter what. He's an enigma. And by MLB network standards, he's the top pitcher in all of baseball and the top three player in all of baseball. Boy, I'd love to see Jake win a World Series. After what he showed us in 2015, that little glimpse of the fight, of that bulldog fight in him through the NLDS and the NLCS, struggled in the World Series, but... Man, he comes ready to pitch every day. And to get to see him win a World Series with this team would be something else. Obviously, winning his third Cy Young would put him, right I want to say, right below Tom Seaver. I think he would leapfrog Doc Gooden in the top pitchers in Mets history if he could win another Cy Young. But I want to see Jake win a World Series. And I know you do too. And if he's healthy and still productive by the time his contract expires... He needs to be a Met for life. He seems to be getting better with age. You don't see that too often. You know, he got a late start in pitching. I think it was when he was in college that he started pitching. But he seems to be getting better every day. His velocity is getting better every day. Usually at this point, the pitcher's velocity is going down. But he keeps getting better. He needs to be a Met for life. The Mets don't have that identity of having career players. Except... One for David Wright, and I think the only other one may be Ed Cranepool. But how many times have the Mets kept their players? They let Daniel Murphy go. They let Justin Turner go. They let Edgar Alfonso go. Doc Gooden, he went. Daryl Strawberry, he went. And the most notable of all, Tom Seaver, who should have never left New York. So we don't get too many homegrown players. It's not like the Yankees and the Cardinals, who usually have been good at keeping their superstars who come from the minors, like an Adam Wainwright, like a Derek Jeter and a Jorge Posada and a Mariano Rivera. DeGrom is that type of talent, I think, that you just don't let get away. They have a chance to fix a mistake that they made letting Tom Seaver go. And I know, obviously, different ownership, different time, but that is forever linked to the Mets. First, trading him in that Midnight Massacre, Then they brought him back, and they let him get picked up by the White Sox. So, Seaver never really ended his career with the Mets. He tried making a comeback in 87, especially if you read that book by Bill Madden, Terrific Life. He tried making the comeback, but it just didn't happen. He didn't have it left in him. Seaver should have always stayed with the Mets. He should have been a Met for life. There will be no pitcher to come around like Tom Seaver. But we're going to have one that's really close. Jacob deGrom could be really close if he continues on that trajectory. If he continues on the path that he is right now, he could possibly be right there. Obviously, the wins are hard to come by. It's not the same. There's a lot of games that were blown. 
for Jacob deGrom, also for Tom Seaver. He probably should have more wins himself. But the time seeing 300 wins, I don't know if that's going to be around anymore. Just don't know. Steve Cohen, huge Tom Seaver fan, loved Tom Seaver, and he's talked about it. Being a fan and seeing that as a kid had to be heartbreaking. And I would be surprised if he let Jacob deGrom walk. Jake needs to be a Met for life. And he needs that send-off that David Wright got. And hopefully he will. Hopefully after a few more Cy Youngs, hopefully after a World Series or two, Jake deserves that from the Mets. Now, speaking of contracts, will the Mets have a contract extension ready for Francisco Lindor and Michael Conforto before the end of spring training? Conversations have not begun yet for either, following both of their press conferences, but hopefully something gets started soon. At least one of these guys, I would assume, needs to be signed by the time spring training is over and the season begins. We already know that Lindor won't talk during the season. I don't know if Conforto feels the same way, but I assume so. For me, it's always been Conforto comes first. Now, I know, I know, we traded some key pieces for Lindor, but we already know how Conforto plays in New York. I'd like to see a little bit of Lindor before we make that decision. And obviously, once we get to the offseason, there's a whole lot better crop of shortstops that could quite possibly be available. You really don't see that with the outfield going into next year. I want both of them to get an extension, but I have to do preference. It's got to be Conforto. Played in New York, been here, knows how it goes, good teammate, good leader, and then we see how Lindor plays for a little bit, do his extension maybe after the year. It happens. Well, how do you think we signed Mike Piazza? The Mets traded for Mike Piazza, didn't sign him until the offseason. So it can be done. We'll see as we go on. One final note before we end the show today. Steve Cohen back on Twitter. Happy to see it. Just talk about the Mets and let's get this thing started. I'm happy to see him on Twitter again. Hopefully we get some more good tweets. I know he's heading down to spring training. So if you're not following him already at Steven, I think it's at Steven A. Cohen 2 on Twitter. A lot of fun tweets and a lot of good banter he had with Met fans and fans of other teams who, you know, we live run free in their heads and they want to keep talking about the Mets. Steve Cohen was there. So happy to see him back on Twitter. And I'm going to wrap up the show here. Do me a favor. Please take a few minutes to write me a review. Let me know what you think of the show. Best place to do that is if you listen on Apple Podcasts. You can write a review there. Give me stars. I think it's five stars and help me climb the ranks in Top Mets Podcasts. I'd appreciate that. And let me know what you think. If you have issues with the show, I want to know that too. I want to know how to fix the problem, if there is any problems you see. So let me know. You can follow the show on Twitter, at Subway to Shea. Listen and subscribe to the show on Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Breaker, and Pocket Casts. You can also now find Subway to Shea on YouTube. I've partnered up with my friends at the HSP Network. That's the High Spot Podcast Network. And you will be able to find Subway to Shea content right now. You'll see the Glendon Rush interview up at the moment. But just search High Spot Podcast on YouTube or youtube.com slash High Spot Podcast and subscribe to their page to find content from this show. Anthony Rivera here signing off. Spring training's here, 
spring training games next week. Let's go Mets.